Do you remember the moment that you started realizing that your life was not exactly reaching to the depths of what was possible and then began trying to see beyond the illusion of your life because you somehow realized that there was an illusion happening? Well, today's guests, uh, Tim Howe and Tiana Roser, are here to share their own stories about moving beyond the illusion and stepping into that other side of the veil that we love to talk about week after week on this show. Join us to hear more. Soul Nectar Show, the Soul Nectar Show. You're invited, delighted to discover who you are. Anything is possible if you believe. So join us on this beautiful journey. Soul Nectar Show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire together and we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, to the great mystery beyond the veil, to that man behind the curtain or the woman behind the curtain that's making all of this happen for us, through us, so that we can evolve our consciousness and learn about ourselves as part of an aspect of that divine one, that divine conscious being that we all are. And I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird. I love having these conversations. You know, Hummingbird came to me years ago to invite me to the mystical, to the the magical, to beyond the veil, to a different interpretation of life beyond the, the mundane, beyond the sort of predictable format that Everyone up until now has been trained, that's the way to live. And then many of us have broken free of it, sort of like escaping the matrix and going, "Uh, actually, there's this other whole way to live, which is super amazing, fantastical, way more interesting, way more alluring. And that's what we discuss on the podcast. So I'm glad that you're all here with us today. And today, of course, I have two amazing uh, new uh, guests with me. I've been on their podcast. So Tim Howe and Tiana Roser are with us. They are the hosts of the Beyond the Illusion podcast. We had a great conversation over there about the second wave and many, many other things. And on this podcast, uh, they explore topics in the spiritual, mystical, ancient, forbidden, and forgotten realms. And Tiana is a hypnotherapist specializing in spiritual regression and Reiki master teacher as well. And, And Timothy apparently loves aliens and crazy conversations that bend his mind. And you're going to find out more. Yeah. (laughs) So tell us more, you guys. Tell us more about like your podcast and why you guys started doing this together. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll I'll talk about it if you want. So uh, yeah, our podcast, by by the way, I just want to tell your listeners, like that intro was, you know, that was like, spot on. It was your first take too. And I, you know, I, I record our intros after the fact because I can't do that. I can't just nail it on the first try. You know, I, I'll record ours like three or four times before I get it right. You know, so that was pretty awesome intro. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. And thanks for having us on. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Yeah, Tiana and I, we do a, a podcast, you know, we met a while back when I first started really becoming, you know, more aware of, of my true self. I, I like to say that because, um, before that, you know, I, I, like you were saying earlier, I just kind of thought that life was about, you know, 
working and and getting a house and having a family and all that. And, you know, that, that was great, you know, that, that I had those goals to try to achieve, but you know, that I, once I did, it was like, you know, there's more to this than just that there's, there's way more. And, and I always had that, that feeling in the back of my mind, you know, all through growing up and, um, and, uh, you know, I, I had my own journey even before we did this podcast that kind of accelerated my journey really. And, uh, you know, I, I, um, I experimented with all kinds of things like consciousness altering things like substances. And, uh, I, I found that to be one of the more effective ways of kind of getting my mind out of the way and saying like, Hey, there's another part of you here and realizing it when you, when you're on those substances, you do realize that you say, Oh, wait a minute, <laughs> there's more to me than just what's in my head. And, and so that kind of started me down this path. And then I eventually found Tiana and I had a past life regression with her. And uh, that was, you know, that was just mind boggling to me that there were these memories inside of me that, that I had no idea about until I went through this process. And uh, it was, it was a pretty incredible process. So it really sparked a lot of interest. So I asked her, you know, and I had done a podcast in the past before with my brother. It was a podcast that was about um, just being silly and just him and I having conversations. And this was when no one even knew what podcasts were, you know? So uh, it, it was, it was a kind of a, an interesting time, but, but then, so I asked Tiana, like, Hey, you want to, you want to try doing a podcast together? And, you know, luckily she said, yeah. And then uh, she's the one that finds all the guests, you know, cause she's kind of tapped into this whole world. So uh, really for me, the whole experience of, of doing this podcast has been like a learning experience, you know, cause all these people that we talk to, they, they have all these different modalities and these different ways of living. And it's just been super eye-opening for me and just kind of an amazing like learning opportunity really. But, uh, but yeah, Tiana, you want to go ahead and say something? Yeah. Um, yeah. My journey started earlier. I think, you know, I think anyway, so we all have that same thing in common where the thing that maybe the, the life that is shown to us that we think is going to fulfill us doesn't right there's like the, the american dream or well, i don't want to say the american dream because there's people listening from all over you know there's it's just the the dream like tim was saying of of like the house and the nice car or the certain career or x amount of dollars in your bank account and then thinking like oh once i get that life will be you know peachy and i'll feel complete and then it it it, it doesn't and so for me that was getting the job you know out of college that i thought i wanted which was uh marketing and <laughs> and I thought I wanted to be you know Miss corporate businesswoman and then just getting in that environment and just like really not knowing myself very well at that point you know because when I look at it now I laugh like how could I have even ever <laughs> gone that route because it's so not me but that's just like how much I didn't know myself and I think that's pretty common is like we get so busy trying to follow whatever this path is that's been laid out for us. And nowadays it starts even from maybe pre-kindergarten, right? Parents have the whole, you know, oh, my kid needs to get in this good school and this thing. And then all of these activities are planned out so that then you go to the good college and then you get the, you know, the good internship and that leads to the good job. And then you're on your way to the good career, <laughs> to the good life. And so, you know, that's pretty much like, you know, what I was following and then I got the, the the job and it just was really, really empty feeling. And I, it, I was really not happy, even though outwardly it was, you know, successful. And 
And that's that. And also, you know, what, what Tim mentioned as far as substances, like I was, I had been in like sort of the rave scene when I was in college and, you know, I was, I do credit MDMA. I'm not saying that that's something that everybody should do at all, but for me, it was this feeling of oneness that I felt with that experience that it sort of like awakened a memory within me, like, oh yeah, this is how it's supposed to be where it feels like everyone is loving and kind and, and non-judgmental to each other. And there's this connectedness to the sky and to the music I'm listening to and to other people, there's that oneness. And that oneness was kind of calling me to like a memory. And it was around that time that I, you know, it's just, there's a whole bunch to it, but um, really like finally like found meditation and then through meditation um, connecting to you know, my divine self and feeling energy and going into past lives and all of these things. I, I kind of had like, I joke, I had like the big knock you over the head spiritual experience because that's what I needed to believe. Cause I wasn't somebody who, I'm not somebody who believes something because somebody else tells me I'm not somebody who will believe something that I read in a book. I guess I, I guess I am though, if I think about it, because like, oh, I was believing whatever I was programmed to believe, you know, from, you know, I guess we get programmed from TV, we get programmed from, you know, social, there wasn't social media when I was little, but, you know, now through social media and all of these things, just this message of the way we're supposed to be. Um, and so um, anyway, yeah, once this whole, for me, it was like this whole other world opened up and and went from the world went from black and white to color. And I was like, wow, oh my gosh, I want to live in color because it was, the world was feeling really flat and really empty. And now um, something was making me feel whole. And so, so ever since um, I kind of had this like big spiritual awakening, then I totally pivoted and, and I did like the crazy thing that I wouldn't recommend to everybody. Like, um, I quit my job and moved away from where I'm at, from Hawaii to Boston. Like just, I really wanted to get as far away from home so that I could sort of explore who am I? And I kind of needed to be away from other influences. So, so I did this kind of extreme thing and kind of, it took me some time to kind of I just read every single book that I could find on this and, and, you know, start learn Reiki and started doing energy work and, and meditation and so forth. And there's just all these crazy experiences, but um, fast forward to when Tim asked me to be on the podcast, which was such divine timing because I had been thinking about it for a while, like, oh, I'd really, you know, I'd really like to do a podcast, but I don't understand the technical stuff at all. <laughs> and that would just, that just, block me. You know, I just was like, oh man, there's no, that's just like such a big roadblock. I don't really know anything about that. And so it was sort of perfect when, when, when Tim asked to do this podcast. And I think that, um, it's kind of nice between our two perspectives, like one, you know, me, I've been on the path longer and so forth. And then, and then Tim brings this really great like, freshness and, and so forth. And so, so we'll ask kind of different kinds of questions. And so it's been, for me, it's really wonderful as far as, um, you know, that we're going through this big shift on the planet right now. And there's so many, um, you know, if you want to call them light workers, you know, people who 
souls that are here on the planet to to help birth this shift. And um, and the podcast is a wonderful way to for us all to kind of connect and support each other and um, to bring light to all of these amazing um, healers and helpers that are on the planet and so that more people can find them. And it's also wonderful. We learn, like he was saying, through um, the episodes and through, you know, it's just kind of creating this network of light around the planet. That's how I see it. So thanks so much for having us on. Oh yeah. I love it. I feel the same way. I feel like each one of these episodes creates a point of light on the grid and it's creating all of these little rabbit trails so that as people start to wake up and they find one episode, leads to another thing, leads to another thing, leads to another thing, leads to, and you know, it kind of eventually will lead them where they need to be with whatever messenger teacher they need to be with. It's like they'll show up in that space. And so I love, I love these connections. I love making these, you know, synchronistic opportunities. And what's really resonating for me right now is like a couple of, both of you mentioned like this idea of success. It's like that whole idea is changing. You know, this idea of what is success? What is a successful life? I will say I have a 21-year-old son and I have an 18-year-old son. And I have, my 18-year-old son is more like, okay, I'll do the conventional path. I'll, you know, and I'll enjoy it. And I'm going to go to college and I'm going to do this and that. My 21-year-old, nothing works like the way in the, in the system if he goes the system in any way, it breaks. Like he, he's just like, well, got fired. Well, this didn't work. Well, I dropped out. Well, and it's like, I feel like I would call him a unicorn child. And I feel like we have all these unicorn children right now and they don't fit in because they're not meant to fit into this paradigm. But it can feel so awkward, right? To like, where's my place in this world that my place in this world isn't here yet because I'm here to create that. So it's so like, monumental. I feel like I just see him. He's just sitting here like in his total knowing, no, that's, that's not good for me to be in that environment. No, I'm not going to allow myself to be treated that way. No, I'm not subjugating myself that way. I see that everybody else is doing that and I'm not going to do that. And then the rest of us, older people are kind of like, well, geez, you know, are kind of uppity. Like you're not going to like, you know, subjugate yourself. <laughs> you know, like all of us did, you know? So there's this strange, like, I find I find this strange place of, you know, like this opening, like you were talking about, uh, Tiana, with like the the black and white world and then the color world. And I totally felt that same thing. So how do we, you know, what do you guys see in that? And where do you see um, people like our messengers could be supporting that, this new generation? Yeah. I mean, having a daughter myself, you know, I can relate to what you're saying exactly. You know, it was like for me, there was never even a question, like if you're going to go to college or not, or, you know, there was very little decision-making left to the kids, right? Like we didn't have a whole lot of free will at that time, I think, at least in my family. And uh, it was like, yeah, you're going to college. I mean, it wasn't even a question. And and then I did, and, and I was like one of the first people in my immediate family to graduate from college. So, you know, that was the push for my, my mom at least, and my dad. And, um, and, you know, now with my daughter, you know, I, I honestly could care less if she goes to college because, you know, I went to college and when I got out, I, I thought it was going to be like the key to success, you know, and, and now that I'm, you know, older and I, and, and I, uh, and I know what the real world is like, I, I know that college has very little to do with whether you're a success or not. And, and your own definition of success is really what matters anyway. But, uh, but yeah, having kids, I mean, gives you that perspective, like, you know, you, cause you always kind of wonder like, what are they going to do? Are they, are they going to be okay? You know? And, uh, and, and they will, I think that you're, you're right. The 
the types of people that are coming into the planet right now are just so different from the people that are already here that uh, they're going to create a world that is almost unrecognizable to us, you know, because we did that, you know, no one could have predicted this kind of world that we're living in right now, you know, just, you know, 50 years ago, they couldn't have. And uh, that's what the kids will do. They will make something so different and so amazing that we can't even imagine it. So I don't have any worries or anything like that whatsoever. I know they're going to create a beautiful place because, because we have, you know, I think we don't give ourselves enough credit when we think about the kind of world we live in, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, we have problems, but there have always been problems and there probably will always be problems, but we have made this place into something really incredible and we should remember that. And uh, that's the way I look at it. And people try to take me off of that, that perception, you know, and, and I don't let them because that's the way I want to see the world. And that's the way the world is to me. So, you know, that's, I think in doing that, you know, that just living that, just being, being who you are, it really helps the younger generations more than anything you could say or suggest to them, you know, just being the best you can be is, is better than anything. And, uh, but yeah, I want to, I want to actually, before I let Tiana talk, I want to say something about what you said earlier about those little points of light, you know, with the podcast, like you, when you're putting out an episode, it's kind of like leaving a trail. It's so funny because I was having that exact same thought today. And I feel like it was, my metaphor was a little different. I was like thinking that the podcast is kind of like if you were walking out on a trail, you know, out in the woods, and then you came upon a stand and the stand had like bottles of water and like granola bars and stuff set up. And I feel like that's kind of like our podcast, you know, everyone's on their own path. And if you come across our stand, it's there. You can just take a bottle of water, you know, and, and it might have what you need, you know, that's the, like, and I don't care like how many people find my podcast or listen to it. It's just, if that one person who needed it gets it, that's enough. That really is enough for me. And I've had so many people tell me like, Oh, your podcast changed my life. And I can't believe it. Like it shocks me. Like, really? Like, I'm like, I don't, I don't even like, that's not the intent really ever, but but it does. And, and it's amazing. It's a really good feeling. I don't know if you get that with yours, Carrie, but I'm sure oh, yeah. you do. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. definitely, it, it feels great. I mean, I do it because, well, I do it because I have the inner calling, you know, like my inner self says, this is what you shall be doing. And so I obey that and I do it and I enjoy it. And I always learn from these conversations. And I personally enjoy being connected with other messenger people because after having spent so much of my life isolated, like struggling through the mud of this human consciousness and lifting it by myself, apparently, to actually meet other people who were also doing that at the same time I was doing it on their own ways. It's like, oh, I wasn't alone. Okay, cool. Because it felt like I was. Like it felt like I was all alone, like trudging through mud. And it's nice now to have this phase where we all get to connect with each other and go, hey, yeah, I was doing that too. Oh my God, I was working on that too. Oh, I went right through that same thing. It's like, okay, cool. We've all been together this whole time. I just didn't have it in my 3D awareness. 
Yeah. And, and to, to tie those two threads that we were talking about together. So this that we're doing, this helps that younger generation, you know, just us telling our stories and speaking our truth. And then, you know, them realizing like, oh, it hasn't been a straight line from here to there. Like we all went through our own challenges of figuring out who we are and how to get there. And that's part of the normal process. And that's okay. And, you know, I think I'm not a parent, but I think like, you know, not holding, you know, like Tim was saying, like, oh, there was no question in my family, you know, I had to go to college, you know, like not holding like a rigid expectation on on kids um, is helpful. And then also if they're open to it, helping them connect to their own spiritual self, you know, their own divine self, because ultimately that's our best compass for our life and everyone's path is going to be different. But if you can connect to your own divine self, you'll be able to find your path and you'll have a trustworthy guide to get you there versus looking outside of yourself. And so what we're doing, you know, we're all helping people connect to that divine self and um, become empowered in that. And I'm very excited just about, and we talk about this on the podcast a lot, just younger and younger people coming, you know, there people are waking up, souls are waking up earlier, like these, you know, I like what you call the unicorn children. (laughs) Yeah, I think these are advanced souls that came in you know, particularly to be here on the planet, like you said, at this time to create the new system and um, and we're, we're there as well to help create and birth a new system that's more aligned with our, our true selves, you know, and being empowered and living from our heart and being balanced between our mind and our heart and being balanced between being human and, and being good stewards of the planet and all living things that are on the planet. And so... Yeah, we we can kind of just share our stories and be there to, you know, for support if they want it. But it's true. We do all kind of have our own individual struggle. That's part of becoming the the butterfly, right? So people have to go into the cocoon and and flap and learn how to develop those wings so that they have strength. <laughs> I can just remember from my own guide, like being in, you know, like a dark night of the soul. And then, you know, kind of like, why does it have to be so hard and asking that? And then my guy just kind of, you know, very compassionately telling me, you know, cause I was like, oh, my friends have it so much easier. And, you know, and he kind of gave me a message about, you know, you, you, you look at them living their good caterpillar life, but you didn't want to be a caterpillar anymore. <laughs> you wanted to be the butterfly. And this is the process that you're going through to be the butterfly. So, you know, that's, that's what you chose and, and it's true. And so, yeah, I think we just, you know, keep speaking our truth and hopefully, um, you know, those who want will seek us out if, if we're helpful for them. I love that. The, um, I often work with the metaphor of the caterpillar and the butterfly, as you can imagine, because Marty Posa is one of my huge guides for the work I do. And I think for these times, you know, we have Marty Posa to help us to um, transform and also dragonfly. It depends how fast you want to go, right? Like, do you want like an instant transformation or do you want to like ease and grace it? You know, and, and even with ease and grace, it's pretty challenging. But I like this idea about, you know, like the caterpillar versus the butterfly path. And, and, you know, I have a caterpillar son and I have a butterfly son, you know, so I have both. And in some ways the, the caterpillar son is so comforting because I know exactly like, he's just, it's so predictable and nice. And he's, you know, he's got his own stuff going on, but he's like, he's not taking any radical maneuvers right now. And I'm like, okay, you can have your butterfly moment in your forties. I'll totally be there to support you. Thanks for giving me space for this one. Who's like on the path <laughs> right now. And he's like, 
fully erupting out of his cocoon. It's like, there's mess, there's sludge, there's ickiness, there's like tar everywhere. And there's like this beautiful light inside that's like getting ready to emerge. And for me, like with a caterpillar ex-spouse, you know, like he doesn't understand because it doesn't match his definition of success, right? It matches no definition of success that he has in his little handbook for like how to be, how a child is successful. And I'm like, I'm rolling with it. You know, I just always have this faith in my heart. I just know it. Like I know it, like I know it, like I know it. Plus I've had it confirm like a bunch of different people. Thank God for people like you, Tiana, that like can tap into the uh, beyond realms and things like that and go, oh, by the way, the message I'm hearing is your son is like a super ancient soul and he's here to do big work on the planet. So don't worry about all this mess right now. <laughs> Thank you for this message. You know, I needed that like right about now. You know, uh, Deepak Chopra um, wrote that book, Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. And one of the ones that he 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 spoke about was about Dharma, you know, kind of whatever your life purpose. And he, he said that uh, with his kids, you know, he told them, you know, just, it was very important for them to find their Dharma and that don't worry. Of course, you know, he's very successful. So he could tell his kids like, don't worry if you need, I'll always take care of you. But, but the thing I want you most to focus on is finding your Dharma. You know, what brings you passion? Why, what fulfills you? Why do you think you're here on the planet? Um, and um, so he kind of gave them that safety net, but then they all ended up, you know, like, of course, like being doctors or, you know, being just kind of like, you know, have these kind of positions that were very meaningful and helpful into the world, but he didn't put that pressure on them. Just, he kind of switched, you know, instead of like, oh, I need you to be outwardly successful. He, it was like, I need you to inwardly find what fulfills you. And so I think that's a kind of a nice shift maybe for parents to kind of focus on like, um, I just want my child to really find what fulfills them and, and to do that and be happy. And for each of us too, like anybody who's listening out there, like you're in the middle of the path, right? Like we, all three of us have, have done the path, like the one you were supposed to do. And it was supposed to be success that brought you happiness. And then you get there and you're like, this is very shallow. Where's the deep waters? Like there's just like, we're just going to go to dinner and talk about our dinner. Like that's, <laughs> that's the gig. We're going to go out for drinks and okay, yeah. that's my whole life. I can't, I cannot, it's suffocating living in a life that that is that shallow. And so if you're kind of at that space listeners where you're like, I got to do something, you know, let's, let's hear some advice, you know, some like words of wisdom or some encouragement or inspiration or whatever you guys want to share about that, that step, like, cause that's a big step. That's a leap right off a cliff. Cause there's the known predictable shallow life. And then there's like the deep ocean that you might drown in. It feels that way anyway, that's guiding you through a path that like that butterfly path is really unpredictable and it's murky and it's yours. So it, there's not like a set way to do it. There's no right way to go about it. In other words, it's kind of like birth, mm -hmm. like you're going to get that baby out of you one way or the other. There's no wrong way to do it. Just it needs to be birthed. Yeah. I like when you switched it because you first you said there's no right way. And then I was thinking, thinking there's no wrong way. And then I like that you switched it to there's no <laughs> wrong way. Whatever way you do is going to be the right way for you. But of course, we want the more comfortable way than usually than the, the painful way. And <laughs> grace so, and ease, grace and ease, yeah. grace and ease. <laughs> my mantra. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, uh, it's so funny cause I, I love going back through my episodes and editing them, even though it's a pain sometimes to go through that process, you know, it's very tedious, but what's awesome is like, just kind of like what Tiana was saying a minute ago, like 
there's these little nuggets of information that when you're in the flow and then the conversation, they kind of just go right past you. But then, you know, you go back and you edit it and you listen to it and you're like, wow, I really needed to hear that. And that happens so often with Tiana because she'll say something really great and profound and I'll just, it'll just like go in one ear and out the other during the conversation. But, you know, as I'm editing, I'm like, wow, that was really profound. Like what you said with Deepak Chopra, like, that's really good. Like I could probably, I probably will actually tell my kid that now, you know, like, Hey, do what makes you happy, like inside, you know, figure that out and, and don't worry about the outside and, and I'll take care of you. And uh, I, I do think she kind of set it up that way anyway, because we, we really spoil her. So I think she found the parents who were going to do that for her anyway. So she did good there. But but yeah, no, I think that, you know, like what you were saying, Carrie, about other people and, and our impact on them. What I find is that it's so strange, like so many people are becoming awake right now, at least in my little circle of people, like everybody's talking about these spiritual concepts and things that you never heard like 10 years ago. You, you never even heard the terminology 10 years ago, but now everybody's saying it, you know, like even now, like we're in Mercury, Mercury retrograde, everybody knows. But 10 years ago, I didn't even know what that was. I had no idea. No, no one did, you know, very few people did. And so there is like this thing happening, but I've also found that, you know, the people around me, my immediate close circle, as I've become more into this, I don't even really share it with them. You know, I just, it's part of me, you know, my spirituality and then trying to be my more authentic self. It seems to be kind of like rubbing off on them or something because they are trying to do the same things now too, I notice. And um, I don't know if that's because of what I'm doing. Or maybe it's just what what's happening to everybody. I don't know, but but it seems like, um, yeah, like I, what I was saying earlier. You know, just just doing your own work and 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 being, you know, who you are. It really does kind of affect everyone around you. I would, you know, anyone who's struggling through that right now, I would suggest practices that move you out of the head and into the heart, you know, that's going to be different practices for different people, uh, which one kind of speaks to you because our culture really, I'm going to say overvalues the mind. <laughs> um, and so most of us, you know, in, in our school system and everything trains us um, how to use our mind. And so I'm not saying we should not have our mind. I'm saying like, okay, that's been overdeveloped. And then the other aspects of ourself have been underdeveloped. And so those parts need to be developed to have balance and flow. And so, so most of us, you know, through the system, we've learned how to use our mind, but our mind doesn't bring us fulfillment and joy. And that's what so many of my clients come to me, you know, midlife, they are successful. They've, you know, they've done, they know how to use their mind to achieve and get things that they want. And they, they are good at that, but they're not fulfilled. And that's because, oh, you have to move into your heart to find fulfillment, but oh, society hasn't taught us to trust our heart. hasn't taught us to value our heart and, you know, and our heart uh, and our emotions, our emotions um, are really like tied to our heart. And so I do a lot of inner child work with clients because whatever they're struggling with, it tends to be some kind of, it has to do with their emotions. It has to do with um, a part of themselves that they haven't been um, honoring or valuing or aware of because they've just been focused on their mind. And they're like, oh, but you know, why isn't this working? It's because um, an emotional part of them 
isn't happy with whatever their minds want and they haven't brought their mind and their heart together. And so, so inner child work, if anybody's open to that is really great, which is just the inner child. That's sort of a metaphor for your emotional self. And it helps to think of our emotional self as a child, because then we show up for our emotional self appropriately in a compassionate way. This is how we want to learn um, to show up for our emotions is, um, you know, in therapeutic terms, we would say holding space, which is um, to be present without judgment and with compassion. And so just um, as simple as that sounds, it's, it's, it's really powerful uh, healing to learn how to hold space for your emotional self instead of what most people do, because we haven't been taught to honor and value our emotions is, um, push our emotions away or get so busy that we don't have to face our emotions, but that energy doesn't go away. And so if we have a lot of um, unresolved emotions, that's what clouds and muddies our inner knowing, our inner clarity of who we are and what we want. And so it's important to kind of do that kind of uh, healing work with our emotional self, make friends with our emotional self. And then our emotional self, our inner child is the part of us that knows what we're passionate about. You know, if you think about a, a child, how excited they get. I, I feel very much like I'm very in tune with my inner child. That's why I get so excited about things. <laughs> I've always been like that. I get very excited. Um, but yeah, you think of a child, like, oh, a child gets so excited. And um, that's the passion for life. And so, you know, when we get trained to just be in our mind and just to take care of responsibilities and be this human robot that's just doing, doing, doing and taking care of responsibilities, but not focusing on what brings them fulfillment, then that's how we get so heavy and it feel empty or numb and and then not very clear because we haven't been making choices about what brings me joy, what fulfills me, but just what's logical. And so I think that's a key piece that if I wish that we would teach, <laughs> this sounds funny, I wish we would teach children inner child healing <laughs> or how to nurture the inner child because that would set people up really for life to be able to have this inner navigational system for your fulfillment. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. I mean, I feel like, I mean, I know from my own work that the emotional body is something that's um, developed within each one of us between seven and 14. And it's built on the physical body development, like our, our integration with our vessel from zero to seven, right? So whatever wounding happens zero to seven, then the emotional body comes on top of that and just like compounds the thing, right? Until we, I realized at one point, it's like an arc. It's like we start off in our our core wound in the womb. We come up to the physical body, the spiritual quotient, you know, inhabiting our body and whatever traumas or things happen there. Then the emotional body covers that up with some more emotional stuff. And then the mental body comes and makes sense of all that. And then we have the spiritual awakening where we like open up our channel, right, to the divine. And then we got to go backwards and we go, okay, now I'm going to go back and bring my spiritual through my mind and I'm going to go unheal those wounds and I'm going to go back through my emotional body and heal those wounds. I'm going to go back through my physical body and back to the womb. And it's like, we just make this huge like hero's journey, like through our, all of our different layers of existence, you know? It's fascinating. And, uh, but we got to feel it to heal it. You know, I mean, there's some times when recently even I, I had to the recording of this episode, I had a situation in my family where uh, I had two people in my family that were really 
agitated with each other and having, you know, and telling me about it. So I was like holding space for two different people who were agitated with each other. And then I could feel it welling up all that stuff inside my body because it's my ancestral DNA too. And I was like, oh, this is too much. And I actually had to like press mute on the person who was telling me a lot of things and just like move the energy, like, like almost like a tantrum, right? Like just like growl and like shake my fist and move my feet and just like move all that energy out. So I could actually like hold space, you know, and then put it back on off mute and go, okay, I'm right here. I'm listening, you know, because <laughs> I can't hold space for somebody if I'm filled up with like all this anxiety and, you know, that kind of muddying the water, like in order for me to really be present with somebody, I've got to have still placid waters inside. Right. Mm -hmm. And once you know what that feels like, you want it all the time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's really great that you're recognizing that, you know, I think people have those experiences and don't realize that's what's happening, you know, or, or put, you know, some kind of validity to it. Things like that start to happen to me too now, but before, you know, if that would have happened to me, I would have just like kind of suppressed it probably and made it worse. You know, eventually it would have come out in some way. Um, but yeah, like just recognizing those things, you know, is huge for me. And I think that's a really big part of what's uh, actually happening to a lot of people. They're starting to open their mind to the idea that, oh, energy is real. Like these things that are happening or that I can perceive somehow are related to something unseen and, and it's real. And that is a profound shift too in our consciousness. All this stuff we're talking about, everything has to do with our evolving consciousness. You can see it everywhere. You can see it in the news. You can see it everywhere you look. It's like, you know, you see, it's like inclusive talk. It's like, it's just like this shift of, of awareness and, and consciousness. And it's really beautiful to be in a position to where you're witnessing it, you know, because most of the time things that are so subtle like that, you just miss it. You have to look back and say, oh yeah, that's what was happening. But to witness it as it's occurring is really like a miracle. And that's the way I feel about our time right now. People say, oh yeah, there's a shift happening, but that's amazing that you can tell you know, as you're going through it, that's awesome. So yeah, that's uh, that's the thing. I, I really got into this whole, uh, after I met Tiana, it was weird because I started finding all these little, these like the, all these synchronicities start happening, you know, and, and you recognize them. And then I came across this stuff called the law of one. And that's really like been the core of uh, of my spirituality really since since I found this law of one. And I don't know if anybody out there has heard of this law of one, but it's... Um, it's channeled material from a group of beings that are extraterrestrial and they contacted three people in the early, in the late seventies and early eighties. And they wrote these books, uh, purely from all this channeled material. And, um, it's just mind boggling. I mean, it, it, I, I highly recommend if you're curious at all, just Google the law of one and, um, you know, that, that stuff really shifted me profoundly that just like opened my eyes to a whole different world of consciousness for sure. You know, that, that really just like sent me, like it put me on a rocket ship and just sent me, you know, into outer space. That's what it did. Yeah. For people who are not familiar. So the love one talks about kind of these like two paths for our evolution. You can follow um, the path of service to self or the path of service to others. 
you could go on one of those paths for a while and you could switch as well. So, I mean, there's different variations of that, but it, the way that it, it's, they explain it, it really kind of, you know, and when you think about how polarized everything feels right now in our world, how div- divisive or divisive it is. And so, you know, the law of one <laughs> is about unity consciousness, right? And there's all the, you know, so all these different spiritual practices and st- spiritual systems and traditions, they're really about unity consciousness, right? We're, we're wanting to um, know that, and this is even, you know, beyond the illusion, the name of our podcast is really that, you know, the illusion that we're separated, that we're separate bodies and we're separate consciousness and that we're not all, that we're separate from the divine, we're separate from the, the world around us. So it's all about, really about oneness. It's all about unity consciousness. But what's really great about Law of One I mean, one of the things that's really great is like how much material there is and how deep and specific it goes, even beyond like I read that many, many years before before Tim discovered it. And then he told me, I was like, oh, yeah, that was really good. But uh, the other thing I like is um, so this idea of service to self and service to others. Other traditions would call that good and evil. <laughs> service to self is evil and uh, service for, to others is good, right? But like, oh, how much judgment and how, how, does it, how does that keep us polarized, right? But instead of calling them service to self and service to others, you can just see how these two paths are different and, and how, you know, some souls might be drawn to one path and some souls might be drawn to others. But finally, to like, evolve high, like you can't, you can only take the service to self path so far and then you're stuck because the the true reality is that everything is connected. So if you're just focusing on yourself is like you keep focusing on the false illusion of being individual versus service to others is like, is, is connective and convergent. And so, um, so service to self can only take you so far. And then you're either going to stay stuck there until it's so uncomfortable, or you're going to choose to hop over to service to others. And then some other souls will, you know, be on service to others, maybe the whole journey, but, but yeah, it's a really beautiful kind of different way of looking at it. That kind of takes a lot of that old uh, judgment out and kind of puts it in a new light. Plus it does have Tim likes the, you know, the UFO and the aliens and all sorts of other things that are in there too, that explain a lot of stuff doesn't explain that, but they, they have a perspective of explaining that. So I just wanted to share for people to like to know why Tim is so passionate about it. I, I, I also like it, but I haven't read it in many, many years. Yeah. Have you, thank have you, you read them, Carrie? I have not read that one in particular. Um, I did write it down. Uh, lately what I've been, I, I'm going to look at it. Lately, what I've been looking at is like, because you mentioned it was written like in the 70s or something. Mm-hmm. I would call that like the first wave, right? Mm-hmm. So the first wave of getting things out there. And then we're in the second wave now, like we're building on what was already put out there. I just, um, somebody in another podcast was like, oh, have you heard about Grace Cook? Because she like channeled White Eagle teachings like in, this, in the like 1920. 1930. I was like, what? So out of London or something. So I actually found these teachings and there was like this whole thing about the age of Aquarius in there. And I'm reading this like channel from White Eagle. I'm like, this is so cool. And I'm, it's like exactly what's happening right now. Like everything is in there is what's happening right now. It's from like 1939. So there's like this, um, you know, to me that just like, it brings home the point that we are in a multi-evolutionary generational we're in a multi-generational cycle of evolution. So we are evolving as a species. And yeah, it is about oneness because it you can't evolve in one lifetime, the, the space you want to evolve. Like it, it takes lots of generations to 
to pull the human species up in consciousness. So we are by de facto working with our ancestors all the time. And while we are at the, what I would like to call like the tip of the spear, you know, it's like we're the tip of the spear entering into the new earth, but that only because of all that came before. Like every ancestor that ever came before was working on some aspect of this human consciousness to put us at the moment where this is happening and we're in the lifetime that it's happening. That's amazing. Yeah, I was um, really into Alice Bailey before, and she's probably like eight, late 1800s, maybe 1900. And she talked all about ascension, you know, which is basically the spiritual awakening, the evolution of consciousness that we're talking about. They were really like kind of difficult to read esoteric books, but um, but so much truth. So like, yeah, there's been these writers like I used to I actually I went through a whole phase where the, those were the only kind of books that I wanted to read were like the really old ones that have the the Bible thin or the medical book thin um, <laughs> pages. And then the cover is just like got the words and it's, you know, Navy and it's just got words and, and no images and anything. I was like, yes, this is the ancient truth. But, um, <laughs> but actually there's, yeah, I mean, people tapping into it all in modern time. So then if if the 1970s or 60s was the first wave, then who are these people? They're like <laughs> the, the pre-wave or? <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, it's so interesting to see like how we each are so dependent on each other. And yet, you're right. Like we've had this idea that we're separate or somehow, you know, that survival instinct that we have to fend for ourselves. And, and many of us are facing that. We even call it scarcity, right? So we have the language you talk about like scarcity and fear and all these things. We're at the point now where we have the, every single person on the planet has the ability to some level or degree to move themselves out of that separate consciousness. They, it's it's widespread now. It's not just a few master teachers walking the planet. It's like all of us have this ability now, if we choose it, to move into this new space. Yeah, uh, it's funny you're saying that like we're the tip of the spear, you know, and it really is like that. Like all the efforts of all the humans that came before us, you know, are culminating into this moment right now. And you know, if you think about it, that that was us too. You know, we did all that. You know, here here we are now. And so it takes a tremendous amount of, of uh, consciousness and, and uh, intelligence and whatever you want to call it to do that, to, to reach a goal like that. That's incredible. It's, like, it's, it's unbelievable. And so I always think of that as like what's happening now. And I even put it in this term, like one time I was thinking this to myself, that our world is like, and, and like what's happening on the earth and this whole drama that's being played out right now is like a movie. It's like our movie that it's like the ultimate movie right because we we love movies people love movies and they and they love the movies that come out with like this crazy thing happens and you think it's never gonna get fixed and, and it's it's over right and then at the last second you know it gets saved and everything's okay and everybody's happy and it ends right like we love those kind of movies like people love that and that is what we're doing like we created this whole drama that the entire cosmos and the entire universe and every being that ever existed watches and we we are being watched and they see this whole drama unfolding and just like humans do we made it to where it would look like complete catastrophe was imminent 
But then at the last second, we saved ourselves and everything was good and happy again. And, and I feel like that's the movie being played out right now. And I see things that way. And it's just it's just kind of a funny metaphor. Yeah, I love that, actually. I love, um, you know, it's hope. Yeah. It's because sure. we have hope. And the hope keeps us stepping forward, even through what looks like a disaster, you know, and, it, you know, that hope helps us to um, tackle really big problems, like really big things that are happening, multi-generational cycles, you know? So it's that, um, I think it's that hope that pulls us forward. And I would say that's a key ingredient for every person. I had this realization that really what's happening is that each of us is getting reconnected back with mother earth and like the awareness of our connection with our master teacher planet that's got us right here right now right now this beast, this planet that birthed this uh, human species and really all that needs to happen is we all just need to get connected back cuz once we hear it we'll know what to do like there's no more mystery you know in terms of like what's the next step it's really clear when you're connected in what your next step is and what role you play so really like the big gig right now is clearing the clutter that obscures that signal. Yeah. Not believing that, you know, illusion that we're separated from the truth. Like we all have, you know, we don't need to, the truth doesn't come from outside sources that we all have that within ourselves. Yeah. I like you said, how you said clear the clutter because people don't believe that they are connected to that truth because of the clutter. And so, and then when you realize like, yeah, it's, it's not fun to clean out my closet, <laughs> but it does feel really good once it's clean, you know, and if you, if you can, if you know what it's like, or if you've ever, you know, if you can see the bigger picture of like, okay, but this is what my closet's going to look and feel like once I take all this garbage out and I, you know, then you're willing to keep going because yeah, clear the clutter. That doesn't often, that's not very, I mean, maybe for some people that's fun, but for most people, it's not going to be fun. But yeah, that hope is kind of like, oh, I can see the picture of what this space is going to look like after. And so I'm willing to do this work right now to get to that place. And so I think that's like what a lot of us that are, again, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like the light work, I think there's probably, there's probably a, you know, other better term for it or, or not, but that's just the one I'm using. Um, those of us that think, you know, that feel like, oh, I'm, I'm a light worker. I want to be on the planet to, you know, serve the good of the whole. We're, we're master clutter clearer. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, the garbage I, people, the garbage men. I mean, exactly. I just, I, I did this interview with uh, Shaman Durek like years ago and he said, uh, we're all janitors, you know, basically like the light workers are actually janitors. We're here to like clean up the mess. And really it's like, because, um, you know, we are raising the consciousness of ourselves in all these generations. And, you know, this is like, a, like I said, a multi-generational process, right? I mean, it, it didn't take us alone. You know, we, we shifted out of scarcity and starvation and not having any food on the table and being afraid of for survival. We shifted out of that. Now we have material security. Most of us on the planet have some access to some material security. We'll have some food or shelter. So now it's the next step, right? It's like, all right, let's move beyond that 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 limited thinking and let's be like for everyone having food and shelter and for everyone living their life's purpose and for it being whatever it is for them and let them follow their own path. Like you said, connect with divine source and acknowledge that there's something larger that we're all part of that's guiding us each individually. And it's correct. 
even if it looks like a hot mess to you or me as a mom. <laughs> it's <laughs> totally correct. <laughs> Yeah. Beautiful. Well, what a great conversation. Um, I know that on your podcast, there's all kinds of conversations like this that happen every single week, right? So how can people get to know more about you? I I know that I can definitely put a link to the podcast, Beyond the Illusion podcast. Is there any other thing you each want to share about uh, the work you do and how people might connect with you about that? Um, I can just briefly say um, that, yeah, I have a website, um, awakeningtransformation.com. And um, whether, you know, it's people that are in the Austin area or or also I work virtually with hypnosis and um, energy healing and different workshops and training. And so, and then there's, I have a couple of um, uh, groups, like a Facebook group and a Telegram group. So all of that can just be accessed through the website. And I would love to, to hear from anybody. Beautiful. Yeah. And for me, you know, just, you know, go to the website beyond the illusion podcast.com. And, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of really interesting and fantastic people that we've talked to on there. So that's really where, where everything is. Check out the episode with Carrie on it. <laughs> yeah. I'll put a link to it on the show notes. Well, perfect. So, okay, everybody, you know, this is the time of the show where I, I ask you if you enjoyed this conversation. Find it in your heart to take a minute and give us a five-star rating if you feel it deserves that over at iTunes or YouTube, wherever you found the podcast and, um, you know, and share it out, send it to somebody or share it on social media or just share it because this is how we create those points of light. You know, this is how we help people to get connected with the piece of information that they need. I mean, this podcast might lead... This episode might lead to the Beyond the Illusion podcast, which leads them to exactly the episode that they needed to uncover or reveal something that's in their life that they need that information. And so we don't, we never know like how the synchronicity is going to connect. So you can be part of that synchronistic engine by rating and liking and subscribing and all that kind of stuff. So thank you for doing that. And now we're going to give you kisses. You guys want to join me in giving kisses to everybody? Sure. Sure. (laughs) I've never done that. All right. Here we go. (laughs) We're just going to give kisses, Reiki kisses, love kisses. (laughs) 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 Big slobbery dog kisses to everybody out there. (laughs) Love you so much. And we'll see you next time on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now, everyone. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe, like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Take a sip from the drip of the nectar From the source of who you are